the start of a new year, we normally break into our normal series. So we'll be in Jeremiah, God willing, next Sunday morning. But this morning and this evening, I want us to consider the prayer of Solomon at the dedication of the temple that had just been built in Jerusalem. So this morning, I want us to look at the phrase that we finished our reading with, verses 37 to 40 in 1 Kings chapter 8. Uh, I'm sure you will agree that they are very relevant to our situation with COVID when there is famine in the land, pestilence. That's what I would call uh, COVID, a plague, or blights, or mildew, locusts, or grasshoppers. When their enemy besieges them in the land of their cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people Israel. And this is the phrase I want us to concentrate on. When each one knows the plague of his own heart and spreads out his hands towards this temple, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and give to everyone according to all his ways. A year of plague, well, more than a year, and it's been uh, quite sobering, hasn't it? And it makes passages like this in the Old Testament come alive as never before. And I know these words are addressed to God's chosen people, uh, Israel, and there was a special relationship between God and them in a way that we cannot apply to nations today. But it's still right to say that in his sovereignty, God sends these things such as COVID in order to bring us to our senses. Uh, we must all agree uh, that looking at what has happened up and down our land, uh, this virus has been uh, sifting uh, from the Lord uh, in terms of uh, churches, in terms of just society in general. And what I want to ask us this morning, as we start this new year and look back on a difficult year, have we come to our senses, I wonder, spiritually? Has this sifting has it made us realize what's really, really important in life? So it's not so much the physical plague of COVID that we're interested in, but has the physical uh, virus opened our eyes to the plague of our own hearts? That, that's what God wants us to learn. I, I know we must be careful when we look for uh, uh, 
what God is teaching us in terms of events. I know we've got to take care. But from these verses we're considering this morning, and I've got the authority of the Word of God here, does the pestilence, the plague of COVID, make us look at the plague of our own hearts? So let's look at not the physical disease of COVID, but the spiritual plague of sin. Now, what's similar between sin and COVID? I've done this several times, but it's an important application to make. Now, like COVID, sin is invisible, isn't it? As a malaise, it's a heart condition, the plague of one's heart. So when a person uh, is attacked by the virus, they don't see anything it causes symptoms and sin is just like that we looked a few months ago in jeremiah at the verse the heart is above all things deceitful and desperately wicked so we've got this condition uh, that inside of us the heart when the bible uses the word it refers to the center of the person and so our uh, soul uh, is ill spiritually it's it's got this malaise of rebellion toward god and his things but then that produces symptoms so just like with covid you may lose your sense of smell or your sense of taste so this heart's condition of sin produces symptoms and that's what we normally label sins so there are all sorts of things which we agree are wrong But they're not the problem. The problem is the heart that they come out of. As Jesus Christ said, out of the heart come all these terrible things. So like COVID, sin is invisible, but it has symptoms. And then a bit like COVID, sin is contagious. (laughs) It's true, isn't it? And hasn't the recent variant of COVID been the most contagious? But not as contagious as sin, is it? Sin is the most contagious thing in all the world. Those of you who are parents know this. Uh, When you have a baby, you don't have to teach that baby as it grows up how to misbehave. They know, they know. Uh, When you uh, put a sign up, do not walk on the grass. There is something instinctively in us that wants to disobey. It's contagious. And if you uh, put a person in bad company, it's not the good person that influences the bad. It's the other way around. Because sin is contagious, like COVID. I read something yesterday in the news that the station in Antarctica has had an outbreak of COVID. (laughs) The most isolated place in the world having COVID. 
I'm sure there must have been some island somewhere in the world that hasn't been infected with COVID. I'm sure. So it's possible that there's some parts of the world where this virus hasn't touched. But that's not true of sin. Sin has infected everyone, everyone. And when you think of mutations, well, sin keeps on mutating, doesn't it? It doesn't matter what generation you live in. Even if people call different things wrong, sin always finds a way of mutating. And even in terms of our personal life, I don't know if you've got New Year's resolutions this uh, New Year, but when maybe we resolve uh, to uh, kick a bad habit, what we try to do is laudable, but when we try to deal with a bad habit, it just raises his head in another way. This isn't just Old Testament. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. It doesn't matter, thinking of the condition of the heart, it doesn't matter what wrong we do. The fact is we're a sinner We've got this condition, so we people here in church are probably not out-and-out sinners like others would be, but we've all got the same malady. We've all got it. COVID has been deadly. It's been horrible. Uh, Somebody told me a week or so ago about somebody in their 20s that died in hospital recently from it. It's It's deadly, deadly. Some of you have lost loved ones to it. But it hasn't got a 100% mortality rate. Sin has. Sin has 100% mortality. Ezekiel said, the soul that sins. Do you know what he said? shall surely die. Paul, again in Romans, this is not just Old Testament, Paul in the New Testament says, the wages of sin is death. Death. I'm I'm always shocked by uh, those famous people who die on Christmas Day. Especially when you associate them with your youth, you know, who was it that died a few years ago on Christmas Day? George Michael. He wasn't that old. Janice Long. Death. And one day we will be the ones that will be facing death. And one thing we can be sure of this year, the day of our death is closer than this time last year. And in a congregation of this size, a number will, by this time last year, be dead. Now, I'm not being morbid, am I? (laughs) It's just real. (laughs) We're all, my friends, heading for eternity. We're all going there. And 
what COVID should do to us, like the people in Solomon's day with the pestilence that God was sending, what they should do is come to their senses. Yes, it's been a horrible year, and we can't control circumstances, but how we respond to those circumstances is the most important thing. And we can respond in a good way to a bad circumstance. And what better way to respond to this plague than to realise the plague of our own hearts? To realise even if we haven't had COVID, we've got sin. And even if we have COVID and are still alive, if we've got sin, we're going to die. Oh, do you realize, even as a professing Christian, that you're a creature of time, that even as a saved Christian, you've still got sin in you. And that the most important thing in this new year is to know that, to know that, to know that, and to be more concerned about the plague of our own hearts than the plague in other people's hearts. Uh, there's an illustration uh, which I find very challenging. A lady went to see her pastor, and she said to the pastor, oh, the people in this church, she was telling her pastor, that there, there's so-and-so who gossips about church members. There's a gentleman, he's a hypocrite, he's a hypocrite. And then there's the youth. Uh, group four. Oh, I don't want to talk about them. And do you know what the pastor said to this lady? I quite like this. He said, I want you to take a glass and I want you to fill it with water. Fill it to the brim. And I want you to do one thing with that glass of water. I want you to walk with it around the church and not spill a drop and I want you to do that three times and then come back and we'll talk so this is what she did I better not try and do it otherwise I will spill something <laughs> but she managed this lady not to spill a drop as I haven't done and the pastor asked her after she'd walked three times around the church holding the glass of full water and not spilling any of it. While you were walking around with that glass, did you notice any people gossiping? She said, no. When you were walking around with that glass, did you notice any hypocrites? Oh, no. And did you notice the youth? Oh, no. Why? Because I was focused on the glass. I was so focused on not spilling any. And he said, that's right. That's right. Oh, my friends. If we are aware of the plague in our own hearts. And of focusing on Jesus Christ. Isn't that the best? Isn't that the best place to be? So let's look now at the uh, antidote, the antidotes. Uh, so here is a person. He's beginning to wake up spiritually. He's beginning to come to his senses. 
uh, William Cooper was such a person, and he wrote to him saying, Heal us. Oh, Lord, I've got this horrible disease of sin. Heal us, Emmanuel. Hear our prayer. We wait to feel thy touch. Deep wounded souls to thee repair. And saviour we are such. I'm not interested in other people in one sense. I'm interested in me and in this horrible condition that I've got. And I'm coming to you, Lord. The antidote. Now you will say to me, Pastor, there's no mention of Jesus Christ in these verses. And I will answer, oh yes there is. I will answer the whole chapter is about Jesus Christ. And you will say to me, no, it's not. Uh, It's about the temple being built. And I'll say, well, there you go. There you go. The people in Solomon's day, if they had the plague, right? If they were to be cured, there was only one place where they could be healed. One place. And that was the temple at Jerusalem. Now then, I've got this heart of sin and there's only one place where I can be healed. And you don't have to book a ticket to fly to Jerusalem. It's worth going to Jerusalem, incidentally, but you don't go there to be healed of your sin. What's the temple? As we'll see tonight, the temple is the physical dwelling place of God. After Solomon prayed, the temple was filled with the presence of God. When Jesus Christ was in this world, just before he died, he said to the religious leaders, destroy this temple and in three days I will rebuild it. And he wasn't thinking of bricks and mortar. He was thinking of his own body. Where is the dwelling place of God? It's no longer in the temple. All you've got left today of uh, the temple is the western wailing wall. The dwelling place of God is Jesus Christ. And he's even better than the temple. Because in him, in a man, dwells all the fullness of the God bodily what an amazing person you know when they do an antidote i think i've got this right they put a bit of the poison in it don't they do do they do that and so jesus christ the antidote had to come in the likeness of sinful flesh he wasn't a sinner he didn't have sin he's the only person who've ever lived who hasn't got a sinful heart but he came in the likeness of sinful flesh and the the best application i can think of is when i had the booster a few weeks ago oh boys back that that nearly killed me and somebody said to me It's like having COVID. But they weren't injecting me with COVID, but it was in the likeness of COVID. It was in the likeness of COVID. And Jesus Christ had to be in the likeness of a sinner. And so he was born just as any of us would have been born. He was born of a woman. He uh, grew up just as any of us. Uh, will uh, have grown up 
and he uh, suffered just as all of us suffer in this world. And he was in the likeness of sinful flesh. So there's no need for a temple now. There's no need for a temple. Neither is there any need for a priest. There were priests in the temple and a high priest in Solomon's day, but we don't need them anymore. Uh, I sometimes have to remind some of our Iranian brethren, I'm not the priest. I'm not the priest in this church. There's only one priest in Heath Church, and that's Jesus Christ. Well, he's the high priest, and then we're all priests, aren't we, as believers, offering spiritual sacrifices. There's no altar. That table there is just a plain wooden communion table. There's no altar because the altar was the cross. And what happens on the altar in Solomon's day was sacrifices were offered by the priests. So an animal without blemish was used as a representative of the sin of the people. And the sin of the people was placed on that animal. And that animal was sacrificed on the altar. And the blood of the animal was shed. And that blood spoke to a holy God and said to a holy God that sin has been atoned. And that blood spoke to the people to assure them that because the sacrifice had been accepted, that there was forgiveness for them. We don't need an altar. No blood, no altar now. The sacrifice is slain. No flame, no smoke ascends on high. The lamb, that's Jesus Christ. All the lambs in the Old Testament were pointing to him, the lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The lamb is slain no more. But richer blood has flowed from nobler veins to purge the soul from guilt and cleanse the reddest stain. Jesus Christ dying as our substitute on the cross, taking the punishment for your sins and mine so that a holy God could forgive you and me. That, that's the antidote. That's why the blood of Jesus Christ is so important. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Um, I remember during the first lockdown reading about um, a priest in Italy who was in intensive care in hospital with COVID. And they had a scarcity of oxygen masks. And this priest gave his oxygen mask to a younger patient. And in so doing, he died. So the priest, in effect, died in the place of the younger patients. And that's just a weak picture of what Jesus Christ did for you and for me on the cross. He was wounded for your, my transgressions. He was bruised for your, for my iniquities, the chastisement of you were my peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the antidote. Have you got the blood of Jesus Christ in you? 
That's what you need. One drop of the blood of Jesus Christ has enough atoning power in it to completely deal with your sin and be, you can be forgiven. One drop in the blood of Jesus Christ has enough cleansing power. Uh, we're going to end uh, by singing, uh, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you over evil a victory win? There's wonder-working power in the blood. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. That, that's what I want to finish on. Oh, my friends, there is this horrible, horrible plague of sin, which we've all got. And there's an antidote in Jesus Christ. And what God is saying through Solomon to us this morning is, come, let me read the words, whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people Israel, when each one knows the plague of his own heart and spreads out his hands towards this temple, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act. This is just a wonderful promise. This is a promise addressed to the person who is afflicted with the plague. So the promise isn't to a person who has improved. It's to a person who's already struggling with the pestilence. And it's coming to you and to me this morning as sinners. God isn't saying to us, oh, try and improve yourself first before you come to me. Oh, no, a holy God is inviting sinners to himself because of Jesus Christ. It's coming to us where we are at. Uh, when I'm in India, and I do hope I'll be able to go there again, in the hills of Andhra Pradesh, in Nursi Padnam, there's a pastor called Sundarao. And before he became a pastor, Sundarao was a government vaccinator. So he went around all the hill tribal villages giving vaccines to people. And then he became a pastor. <laughs> and in a sense, he's still providing vaccinations, isn't he? He's now providing the antidotes for the plague of sin. And he's pointing people to Jesus Christ. And the church, in one sense, is like a vaccination center. Uh, how long did you have to wait for your booster vaccine? I, I had to queue for over an hour, over an hour in the December cold. My, my friends, there, there's no time lag with the invitation to come to Jesus Christ. Uh, I was given an invitation uh, by letter, and uh, the uh, appointment was a few weeks later. And when I uh, arrived, I waited for over an hour. But when it comes to this invitation, there's no time lag. Well, there can be in our experience, but there needs not be a time lag. God says, today, if you hear my voice, Today is the day of salvation. Do not tarry till you're better. Do not wait till you're better or you will never come at all. All the fitness he requireth is to feel your need. 
of him? Am I speaking to a soul here this morning who's just aware of the fact that they are sinners? Maybe you're not as aware as you should be, but, oh, my friend, are you enough aware of your sin to do something about it, to turn from it, and to come to Jesus Christ and to receive his forgiveness? Oh, come, come. Uh, Cooper again, our faith is feeble, we confess. We faintly trust thy word, but wilt thou pity us the less? Be that far from thee, Lord. This man receives sinners. That's all you need to know. Oh, let's come to him. If you've already come, if you've been a believer for many years, even many decades, why don't you come again? Come as if for the first time. There's a wonderful promise here, isn't there? Solomon, throughout this prayer, is reminding God, you have kept your promises. Not one word that you have uttered has fallen to the ground. And here is the promise for us. When each one knows the plague of his own heart and spreads out his hands towards Jesus Christ, the temple, then here in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act. My friends, God keeps his word. If you turn to Jesus Christ this morning, then God says, I will heal you of your sin. Jesus Christ said, he that comes to me, I will never, never cast out. Oh, Jesus Christ accepts sinners. Oh, I, I want to just invite us, invite us as we are. Martin Luther, uh, there's an anecdote, there's so many anecdotes of Martin Luther, but there's one anecdote I like. There, there was a story of Martin Luther, and the devil came to him. Luther would often talk back to the devil, you know? And the devil came to Martin Luther with a long black roll of his sins listed on it. And Luther said, I own to them all. <laughs> Have you got any more? Have you got any more, Satan? So the devil went and he brought another longer black roll with even more sins listed on it and Luther has to say yes yes I confess I'm guilty have you got any more and the accuser of the brethren being expert at this business soon supplied him with a further length of charges till there seemed to be no end of it apparently when Martin Luther went to confession when he was still a Roman Catholic the priest listening to him uh, was wearied because Luther would come uh, every day nearly and would stay there for so long, going through all of his sins. He was aware, you see, of the plague of his own heart. And when his eyes were opened to see Jesus Christ as the cure, this is what Martin Luther said to the devil. Have you any more? Were those not enough? Right at the bottom of the whole account, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth from all sin. It doesn't matter how long our list is. It's all cancelled by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's all been paid for 
There's a receipt. That's what the promises in the Bible are. They're receipts that prove payment has been made. Have you got a receipt this morning? 2022. We don't know what's ahead. We don't know whether we'll still be here by the end of 2022. But this we can be absolutely sure of. That if I'm aware of the plague of my own heart, that if I turn from my sin and turn to Jesus Christ and pray to him, oh, be merciful to me, the sinner. Forgive me, cleanse me, not because I'm good enough, but because you've died for sinners and therefore for me. And God says, God says, he that believes in the Son has, there's no ifs or buts, has everlasting life. We can't be sure, can we, with two vaccinations and a booster, we can't be sure that we're 100% protected. I just hope we don't have to have another booster. But my friend, if you are in Christ this morning, if you've turned to him, you can be 100% certain that you are protected in time and eternity. Not because of your commitment or your word, but because he is true for his namesake. Now we're going to sing... I don't know how many of you know this. It's one of the old sankeys. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb.
Father, we praise thee that it's not what these hands have done that can save our guilty souls, but it is the blood of Jesus Christ, thy Son, that cleanses us from all sin. We thank thee that he who had no plague in his own heart says to us, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Father, this year, may we know this wonderful power in the blood of Jesus Christ, causing us not just to believe and be saved, but to live closer to thee. O oh Lord, where a day's march nearer eternity, just draw near to us, we pray. Uh, and may the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of us now and forever. Amen.